just wait. Because I don't know if it was just the fact that I had this movie on in the background while I was making dinner, but I had a marvelous time watching this <laughs> Christmas movie. Hell yeah, dude. No, Chad. <laughs> there, there are many parts that there are a lot to complain with, but... It's a diehard movie, man. I'm not. I'm not gonna be out here giving it the giving it the star treatment. It's it's John McClane running around a place stopping bad guys. That's all I'm here for. That's all I want, and it's on Christmas. I'm happy. Hello and welcome to the Amped About Movies podcast. I'm David, and today Hunter, Andrew, Chad, and I will discuss the 1990 action thriller Die Hard 2, which is currently available on Amazon Prime Video at the time of this recording. We hope if you're listening to this around the Christmas season that you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. This movie was written by Stephen E. D'Souza, Doug Richardson, and Walter Wager, and was directed by Rennie Harlan. The movie stars Bruce Willis, William Atherton, and Bonnie Bedelia. Now for a brief synopsis for the uninitiated. After the terrifying events in L.A., John McClane is about to go through it all again. A team of terrorists led by Colonel Stewart is holding the entire airport hostage. The terrorists are planning to rescue a drug lord from justice. In order to do so, they have seized control of all electrical equipment affecting all planes. With no runway lights available, all all aircraft have to remain in the air, with fuel rem- running low, McLean will need to be fast. There will be spoilers in this podcast, so we highly recommend you watch the movie before listening. After this episode, we'll be taking a brief hiatus for Christmas, so be sure to follow us on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on so you can catch our next episode when we return in 2022. Next year, we'll be performing our podcast's first rewatch, where we'll review the movie In Bruges for the second time. Will, will time have softened our steadfast opinions? Find out next year. Finally, if you want to, we want to give a shout out to all our listeners in Fort Wayne, Indiana. We appreciate you taking the time to listen in, and we hope you enjoy. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a rating or by interacting with our polls and questions on Spotify. And now, without n- any further ado, we'll hand it over to Hunter. What did you think about this movie? Woohoo! I'm so excited to talk about this. So I've I'd never seen Die Hard 2 before this. My only exposure to Die Hard 2 was the friend scene when Joey and Ross are sleeping on the couch and they watch Die Hard and then they they fall asleep and they're saying, oh, okay, now we got to watch Die Hard 2. And Ross goes into the bag where they should were supposed to rent the second Die Hard on VHS, pulls it out. He says, Joey, we you just rented Die Hard again. He said, well, let's just put the tape in and then we got Die Hard 2. Nice. That was my expectation going into this movie, that this was just going to be a rehash of Die Hard 1. And so here are the notes that I'm going to cover very quickly. Uh, Number one, not what I expected, thought that this was going to be like Friends. Number two, uh, first half was pretty laughable. That airport luggage scene, very bad. A lot of of cut-to-cut action. 
Uh, then I put wh- where the heck did the, the budget go? This had a $78 million budget compared to the $24 million for the original Die Hard. Where did all this money go? And then the next one was It's the 90s. And that was the first half. It's the 90s. And then the second half was Blue and Red. Looks like looks a little bit like Tenet. Tenet might have mm. taken a few cues from this. Uh, enjoyed this oh, sweet double cross. And then uh, I thought the jerk cops were a bit cliche. So I'll, I'll do a quick fire run of my points. So as I mentioned, my expectations was that this was going to be an ultimate rehash of Die Hard 1. And for the first half of the movie, it kind of was. It was pretty bad. That that luggage action scene was terrible. <laughs> it was... All right. I'm I was not going to lie. There. When you started talking and you were like, this movie was a lot different than I expected, I was about to... I was like very surprised because I agree that this movie wasn't super great. <laughs> and I thought you were about to really hype this movie up. So... I'm glad we're on the same page. Anyway, please proceed. Please proceed. Uh, no, I, I also I thought he was going to hype this up. I, I pegged this as a movie that Hunter was going to love. <laughs> so I'm a little surprised, too. <laughs> no. This was, you know, it started off. I, I, I enjoyed how quick it started off because we don't need an introduction to John McClane. We don't need an introduction to his wife. I love that it was quick. But we do really, need an really introduction to the naked Tai Chi master. <laughs> Yeah, that you know, I, I, I will we say all you needed. do need an introduction to him. This is not and a Christmas movie you watch with your family. Building. So important. <laughs> oh, my God. No. I honestly... Okay, so just to jump in, because we were talking about when you, you first like had an experience with this movie. After I watched Die Hard last year in preparation for our episode, I immediately watched Die Hard 2 because I was so hype about Die Hard. I thought I, I really liked Die Hard 1. So I wanted to watch the next one. And I'm not going to lie. In the moment, I think I enjoyed it a lot more, especially the first time, because I didn't know about the double cross. Uh, but watching it the second time was a far inferior, a far more inferior experience. I'll just say that. Um, but yeah. Well, no, I can. I watched this one with my mom. So I, I, I feel you. That was a bit awkward seeing that. Not really awkward. It was just like, eh, all right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I agree. Didn't introduce him, but we got to meet. We got to meet him. We knew he was somebody. They kept him a little bit mysterious. So I kind of dug that. Kept him a little bit mysterious. But honestly, the standouts for me was this. The action was terrible to kick it off. Right? It was that luggage scene. It was too many quick cuts. They in Die Hard One. It was a lot of not really one takes, but they tried to make the one takes a lot of widescreen camera work where you saw multiple bad guys in, in the shot and you could see the action and wasn't doing a close in shot of Bruce Willis. And then when he pulled the trigger, it, sh- it shoots over to the other guy. It was, I thought that was very jarring. I didn't think it was very good. And at that, at the first half immediately, I'm thinking this, this isn't going to be good. This, this isn't bad. And then I'm thinking, oh, this 90s hype, I loved it. And he goes and he tries to send the facts. And he's trying to figure yeah. that out. Yeah. And he's going through. And then the lady <laughs> at the airport says, it's the 90s, hyping up the technology. I love this. It's amazing. It's so awesome. Yeah. I love that so much. The cars were also very 90s. I mean, everything about this, the fact that it's all happening in an airport and they all have guns and like, you know, it's just so easy for them to have those. It's just such a different era. I know <laughs> it's totally a different era. So 
uh, the, for the first half, those were my thoughts. Was budget? Where where is this going? It, this can't be good. It's it feels way too cliche. It feels so eighties like, and and the nineties. And then also trying to make Bruce Willis like this sex guy. I mean, these women are saying, "Oh, I'll have like your child or like something like that." And and she's like, "What are you doing after work?" Oh yeah 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 yeah. The reporter woman was like, "Oh, I'll I'll have your baby if you like get me this shot." And I was like, "What? Like why? I don't know. I didn't like how they treated the women in in this movie. I wasn't a big fan." But mm. I bringing it back i will say right when the techno the thing blew up in the middle of the in the middle of the runway and they crashed the plane i thought this was pretty decent so i did not expect them to crash the plane i was shocked that all those that they let all those people die in this movie i was, so was as well shocked that I was, that was that was pretty jarring so right mm-hmm. off the bat right there i was like okay this is pretty interesting and then uh, i thought the action was kind of getting good uh, they, they when they introduced uh, SEAL Team Airport, I thought that uh, I thought there I thought there was something <laughs> fishy going on because they had the blue tape around the uh, around the magazines, and I immediately thought the tenant because tenant you have the blue team and you have the red team. I was thinking some something's going on here, and then of course when you see the bad guys use the switch to the blue rounds, you're like okay these are I said I told, told my mom like I bet they're blanks. They were blanks. And then from there, I was just kind of into it. I was digging this double cross and and the and the snowped chasing. I don't know what uh, they're not called snowpeds, but I was really like, yeah, the snowmobiles. I don't know. I thought that was pretty creative, and I enjoyed that. And then this was Mission Impossible I hadn't come out at this time, so seeing this plane stunt, I thought that might be pretty groundbreaking for the '90s. I mean, that that's pretty big. There was no Mission Impossible one hadn't come out. James Bond, I don't think Goldeneye had come out yet. And so this was, I thought that was a pretty big stunt to include. And I was thoroughly impressed by uh, the way that uh, they were able to integrate that in. I thought the checkoff gun for the bad guys, Tai Chi, was bad. (laughs) I thought it was terrible. But I did enjoy the taser checkoff gun. And so I know that was a little (laughs) bit rambled, but that's how this movie was. It was like bad thing, bad thing, bad thing. Oh, that's kind of enjoyable. That's a little bit funny. Super cliche. Kind of cool action. Interesting chase. Cool stunt. Movie ends. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree with you on a lot of those points. I think this movie took way too long to get going. And the fact of the matter is they had at least five or six big explosions. And you really lost me after I literally I actually started counting in the movie how many big explosions there were because I was just like, okay, you just you, you've lost your your big, you know, explosion budget here. It's no longer effective on me. It's now just a thing you're doing to try and spice the movie up. So that, that like after he blew up off the snowmobile, I was like, really? The snowmobile, you guys were almost hinting at the fact that the snowmobiles could fall into the ice. I felt like that'd be a cool way to end a snowmobile fight that's on ice you know like you know crash into the like slide underneath the ice and you know have to get out from that i don't know something cool as opposed to just like going off of a jump and then exploding (laughs) it's like man really you had such a chance there but uh i do think the double cross was was very cool and i will say of of because like again i said i watched this movie for the second time yesterday in, in preparation for this podcast and the three things that that stunned me again even though i was watching it for the second time was the naked tai chi scene 
scene, which I did not see coming. I completely forgot about it and was shocked again. I was shocked again when the when the plane exploded with all the people. And I was shocked and I was almost shocked again when they did the double cross, or at least I forgot about it until it was about to happen. And then I remembered at which point I was still I would call that still somewhat shocked because it worked on me again. So those are the only three things in the movie that really impressed me. Although now that you bring up that fight scene on the plane wing, it actually is pretty cool. It actually was pretty cool that they were able to do that. But it still was a little bit of a letdown because we didn't get to see any of that Tai Chi a little bit earlier. Yeah, David, I, I really agree with that. I think I think that's a good point. And and now at this point, I think let's hand it over to Beard and hear what, what your thoughts are on the film. Oh, thanks, David. I would love to. Well, I... Uh, Oh boy, I, I got some notes. So, <laughs> so Chad, you were you you opened this up by being surprised that I took or Hunter and I took notes about about Die Hard. Like, okay, yeah, there's not a lot of depth going on. In fact, there's so little that Die I Hard, needed to Die take Hard notes one, about it. You can take as many notes as you want. This is Die Hard too. Come on. That's okay. All right, all right. No, but like I had to itemize all the the things I wanted to talk about because there's just. There were so many problems that I, I felt like I needed to bring up. So I'm going to pop off here. Okay. First of all, I'm going to start with what I liked. Um, the The concept was cool. The, the, I liked the concept. It was, I liked the double crosses. I liked the sense of urgency that was created with all the planes circling around in the sky. And you're like, oh my gosh, they're going to run out of fuel. Like, got to land. What are we going to do? That was cool. I liked that. Now, on to the things I didn't like. <laughs> there were some significant plot issues with this movie. Okay. First of all, I think we kind of established a lot of the things that went on in this movie were just very unbelievable, right? Like, in Die Hard 1, you're like, okay, this is improbable, but it's like, it could happen, you know? Like, so I, I could, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'll hop on this, you know? I'll suspend my disbelief enough to get through, you know, to, to see what's going to happen and, you know, cheer for John McClane and all that kind of stuff. But this movie was just like so improbable, partly because, again, you know, I, Hunter, I think you said like bringing a gun to the airport, like that just wouldn't fly today. So granted that, you know, that was not the case back then, but like it was hard to like in the mindset, um, you know, with, with that kind of hindsight. But also just like some of these stunts and things, you're just like that would never happen. And also like all these government agents defecting and and doing all that, I, I, I had a hard time. Biden that too. Like if it was one, like Colonel Stewart, I'm like, okay, I could see that. Like this one person could be highly motivated to, you know, commit treason, have a lot of stuff going. Like uh, it, 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 he could benefit a lot from that. But to have like this whole like special, um, what, what were they like, a, like a, a like a special tactical army unit or whatever, like also be in on it. I was like, mm, I don't know. Like that, <laughs> I don't know if that would really happen. Um, and then, of course, just like all the unrealistic like stunts and things, which, by the way, Henry, you wanted to know where the budget went. It was all stunts, right? It was all explosions. Like I know. Said. And it was such a letdown. Are you kidding me? It, it was, was one of one of the best one of the best stunts or pieces of the action scene was their use of the escalator. That was actually that was actually kind of cool. But also, yeah. I mean, when you stop the escalator, you you can walk. You don't. It's not yeah, like frozen in ice. Right. And so they're they're like, hey, turn that back on, and they're not moving. 
That is yeah. So something to consider. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a little weird. Or like, okay, well, no, that, that's not worth mentioning. Okay, getting into the meaty stuff here. I, <laughs> I, I, I took I took a lot of issue with how many people died in this movie. Yeah, because. Because, like, I just, when I walked away from it, I was like, man, this was, like, so avoidable, right? Like, this guy, they were trying to stop him from, like, taking a plane to, like, some other country so, you know, they couldn't, like, prosecute him or, you know, catch him for all this, like, cocaine dealing he was doing. And I'm like, was was it really worth, like, killing probably 400-plus people in order to do that? Like, was, was that worth it? So, I don't know. It's and they like, didn't even get him. They just ended up killing him. Right, right. Like, like he didn't I face justice. He just got, you know, mercenary killed by vigilante Bruce Willis. Exactly, exactly. And I'm like, was that worth it? Like, I mean, obviously they didn't, you know, you know, good guys were not trying to like have a whole plane crash, you know, <laughs> to to make a statement, right? Like they right. they obviously didn't want that to happen, but like it just felt really reckless. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. Like, and 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 I feel like that's a really bad point against the plot because it's like i shouldn't be like actually considering like oh actually maybe the bad guys should have just like gotten away with it you know yeah that so, and and this is okay i mean so one of my major criteria for this movie just going into it is that this is supposed to be our christmas special this is supposed to be a christmas movie i mean at least die hard one is widely considered a christmas movie and i think we settled that debate last year so really I'm going into this, especially with them marketing it in the same way. I mean, it's 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 still got the Christmas music at the end. It's still got the Christmas lights, the, all the gifts, all the Christmas travel. They mentioned the word Christmas several times. It's definitely still parading itself as a Christmas movie. And yet there's so much more death, so much more, you know, unnecessary death, like you were saying, and so much more gross scenes like the dude getting rolled by the by the package delivery thing that's supposed to smush the packages yeah. down i mean like that was gross <laughs> yeah it's gruesome it's like uh that didn't i didn't like that you know it's like this is not the kind of thing i'd put on with my kids before the holidays and be like all right kids gather around <laughs> it's time <laughs> well i'm not sure if i would do that with die hard one either but <laughs> so yeah but yeah point well taken and yeah i mean like you said, David, it's just like it was, it was just John McClane being super reckless the whole movie, which is another thing I didn't like about the plot. Right. Like it wasn't like John McClane was, you know, cleverly exploiting some weakness in this extremely elaborate plan. He just like brute forced it until something worked, which I felt like kind of lazy, honestly. Like there was not a lot of payoff to that plot. Um, yeah. And then it's like. In the first one, you've got him writing German words on himself as he's like piecing together right. little bits of their plot right. through sneakily listening on the radio and kind of like being very guerrilla about it. But in this one, they had all the upper hand. They were way more detached. Their plot was way more intricate. And he was just, yeah, really brute forcing his way. Although, to be fair, they did show that like he was trying to help. You know, I mean, you have to also keep in mind the airport security people were also being very reckless about things like they're like oh we can tap into this and tell the planes to land like and they just went along with that and bruce willis is like no don't do that and if i was there being a part of this decision making i wouldn't have let you do it because i would have seen it's an obvious trap 
So like you got to keep in mind that's that's part of it. But yeah, I'm I, 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 I agree with you more than I disagree with you. So. Oh, absolutely. That's a good yeah, point. Right. I didn't. I, I saw some of the parallels, but I didn't. I didn't really consider how he was Bruce forcing his way all the way through that. That's that's a good point. Because yeah, the I, I noticed how you know he got in the ele- not the elevator, the air vent again, and then he had the walkie-talkie again. And obviously, there were similar things, but I was disappointed that I thought. And I know I made fun of the 90s, but I thought that he was going to use more technology in the movie and try and be a little bit smarter. Like he would work with the team and they were going to show a little bit of the technology off. Because in Die Hard 1, the bad guys used some super cool technology to get into the building and to open the doors. And, and that, that was pretty sweet. But in, and in this one, they obviously had their super cool hideout as well. But I thought Bruce Willis was going to kind of equate that. And I was a little bit disappointed that they didn't go that route. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that too. And like in Die Hard 1, like the villains, their plan was like good, but it was like just flawed enough that like, you know, like I said, it could be exploited. But like the villains in this movie, their plan was airtight. Like it was really solid. So it was, it was not that satisfying to see them fail because it, it seems like a pretty solid plan. So I don't know. Um, so anyway, lot, lots of lots of issues with the plot. Um, a few problems with the character development too. Like John McClane, not not nearly as compelling of a character as he was the first time around. Um, I, I was reading a report or a, like a review from Roger Ebert, and he made some really good points saying that his character was much less sympathetic this time around. First of all, because mm-hmm. he's already like resolved all the issues with his wife, right? So like, there's mm-hmm. not that issue. I mean, of course, he's worried about his wife being up in one of the planes, but that's kind of a separate thing. The other thing is, like, he's he he Bruce Willis like shows way less concern for his own personal safety, which makes us like care less about his safety because we're just like, oh, we're not really worried about it then, right? Mm-hmm. So like, it was just there just wasn't as much to like sympathize with him about, and so it just made it feel yeah kind of detached. At least that's how I felt. Finally, cinematography, not great. <laughs> there were a lot of like hazy rooms, which was weird, like probably because everybody was smoking. But like, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, not not that nice to look at. Like, I don't know. It, it yeah. just seemed kind of sloppy. So all the way around, a lot of things to pick on here. I, I will also say there was that scene where they throw like 10 grenades into a single airplane cockpit and the grenades take a conspicuously long time to blow up they're like what first grenade lands and it's like 30 or 45 maybe even a minute before he gets out of the plane and then immediately the thing explodes as soon as he's flying out in the most obvious green screen effect i've seen all year like it was so bad that was so painfully bad that it completely took me out of the film that's the point where i started counting the explosions and then i'm like how is this dude getting out of so many explosions and being all over, I mean, this dude traveled all, I mean, that was the other thing. In Die Hard 1, it's, like, very contained. He's in this very specific area. He's climbing up quietly and maneuvering his way around the building. And this one, he's practically sprinting the entire movie all over the place. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Also, I felt like a lot of the scenes with the dude from the from the first movie, The Reporter, were very unnecessary and only came to fruition at the very end when it made him have to get on a helicopter so that they could pull off that final stunt. 
which was the only reason they had to do that. Totally agree. They, I really wish they would have just written out that character. Like, you yeah, did not add anything to this movie. Yeah. Although, okay, I'm going to hand it over to Chad. Opinion. Oh no, yeah, yeah. But I do want to hear that opinion, Andrew. All right. If you want to hear a controversial opinion, just wait. Because I don't know if it was just the fact that I had this movie on in the background while I was making dinner, but I had a marvelous time watching this <laughs> Christmas movie. Hell yeah, dude. No, Chad. <laughs> there, there are many parts that there are a lot to complain with, but... It's a diehard movie, man. I'm not. I'm not gonna be out here giving it the <laughs> giving it the star treatment. It's it's John McClane running around a place stopping bad guys. That's all I'm here for. That's all I want, and it's on Christmas. I'm happy. I'm I'm good to go. No complaints. Um, that is. I mean, there's there's so many things to complain about, but you gotta overlook them. You know, like obviously, I think my biggest complaint is gonna be that everybody who works at this airport is dumber than a bag of rocks. You have the biggest like drug criminal coming to your airport. You haven't beefed up security. There are no government officials there to like help you out. Your your chief of like police at the airport is like, concerned about like ah oh, people might be stealing bags in the back or whatever. It's like you have you have an international war criminal coming to your airport and you're like ah it could be anybody. Who knows? So, you know, definitely some complaints in, in the realism aspect. But, you know, once I figured out that these characters basically are sharing a single cell brain, I was able to get by and, and really just enjoy <laughs> the film for what it is. You know, it's an action shoot 'em up at Christmas time. You know, like John McClane is the smartest guy out there, but nothing that he says gets heard. Nothing that he does ever, you know, actually works until the very end when he blows up a plane with a stream of gasoline and a lighter. Because, you know... <laughs> Flame travels at 500, 600 miles an hour. It'll catch up to that 747 or whatever it is in midair. No problem. It's a it's a stupid, silly movie, and there are stupid, silly things throughout the entire time, and you just got to go into it completely numb with your brain turned down to, like, a one, and it becomes a bunch of pretty explosions and fun action scenes and shoot 'em ups with some really bad acting from the secondary characters throughout the way. <laughs> and then you're good to go. That's my opinion. It's not going to score great, but goddamn, did I have a good time watching it. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> That's the best I, take. That's the best take. I have. I, I was not expecting that. <laughs> but that is straight up accurate. Hunter, what's your kind You know, honestly, take? Chad... Oh, oh, sorry. sorry. No, no, no. Beer, go ahead. I, I was going to say, Chad, like, honestly, I feel like when we watch a bad movie, Chad, you're like the first one in line to just like go off on like ripping into it on like every bad thing it did. Like you've done it multiple times before and they're always insightful comments. So I was like totally expecting you to just like show up once again and, and, and go right into that. But man, I I am quite surprised. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I must have been in some type of mood when I was watching this. I'm like, I, yeah, you know, I've seen this, you know, a few times over the years. I'm like, yeah, it's just, it's just one of those movies that as soon as it comes on and and you start a diehard movie with him out there arguing about some parking ticket with some some you know, straight out of a cartoon cop, like 
you just can't take it seriously. I think, you know, in my opinion, I don't know what the 90s were like, but it doesn't seem like a movie that was trying to take itself too seriously. I think I really, if a movie is trying to take itself seriously and then it's bad, I feel like I have the every right in the world to just absolutely go for its throat on the review. Because if you want to, you want to come out here and try and present some high art, then I'm going to tell you that you suck and you did a terrible job. But if you're like, hey, here's a here's a 90s action Christmas shoot 'em up movie with John McClane who made us a bunch of money last time, watch it and give us more money. I'm going to be like, you know what? Your money grab worked, and I, I enjoyed watching it, and it was a funny, stupid movie. So there you go. Take my, I don't know how much movie tickets cost in the night. Take my 275 or however much it was to go see it. Yeah. Dude, you well, know this what? this did make that. more money than Die Hard 1. I feel that. Yeah. Chad, I, I agree with your comments. I, I completely agree, because at, at midway through, I that's, as you saw, I come into my brain off and i said yeah this was good except <laughs> when that explosion happened i was like okay this is interesting and then i i kind of ran with it but i agree <laughs> just keep thinking about that tai chi scene <laughs> i forgot that was in the movie until you brought it up i completely forgot that was in the movie until you brought it up uh <laughs> no i completely agree i think that I, I i want to i look forward to watching this movie again because now that i know what it is i'm excited to Watch a good bad movie. There's so many of these movies. If I, have you all seen the movie Cocktail with Tom Cruise? No. That's a good bad movie. That's a great bad movie. That's one of the best bad movies ever made. Roadhouse. <laughs> that's a great bad movie. Roadhouse is great. So this is yeah. That's what I equated to. This is like a Roadhouse or a Black Rain with Michael Douglas. Uh, this is one of those, which is I mean, like a good bad '80s '90s movie. I get it. I think this movie, you know, you can you can give it that it's a good bad movie. I still think it was way too long. Two hours. Two hours is just too much. I mean, seriously, there was it like was at least long. three parts of that movie that should have been just left on the cutting room floor were not necessary and were just, you know, un- unnecessary bloodshed for everyone. I mean, like the scene with the, uh, like, I know you were praising it, but the scene with the moving sidewalk, like, that whole that whole thing I feel like didn't need to be in there, and that whole that, that dude who like was the you know the radio operator who was like kind of kind of one of the major characters in the movie. I felt like he almost didn't even need to be in this movie because if again if you can cut that, then you can cut all the scenes with the dude in the plane where he's listening to the broadcast, which is really the main reason why that connects back to the radio broadcaster guy. Because if they don't broadcast to the planes, then he never picks it up. And then it never gets back to the ground, which I think that was really what they were getting at with the technology thing, because then they can play back to the phones connecting to the ground from plane, which is something that I don't really think people do anymore. That that's almost gone away, which I thought was the most interesting part of that technology conversation, that that part of the technology is just vanished. Like, no, when when I'm on a plane, I put my phone on airplane mode and I don't speak to anyone outside of that plane for the next however long the flight is. I think that's it's funny that. They were like, oh, look at this. We have phone planes and they've just disappeared. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this movie was just a little bit or a lot a bit too long. And I I also really don't like the ending and how it doesn't really feel like vindication when he finally gets the dude in the first movie. The dude falls and it's like that slow mo and it's Alan Rickman. So it's like, you know, it's kind of a badass scene. But in this movie, like 
all the people on the plane just blow up. The only dude that was kind of vindicated was the guy who went into the turbine. But he's not the one who crashed a plane full of 320 people. That's the dude who I wanted to see get some comeuppance. And he ended up just kicking Bruce Willis's ass and then kicking him off a plane. And all he got was blown up. I mean, it's not fair. He blew other people up. He deserves worse. <laughs> you all know the action movie code. Anyway. Yep. No, I, I, I agree. I thought. I agree. I thought they needed more comeuppance for the general. I thought one, the main, the the drug dealer guy. If anybody's seen Django Unchained, he's he's in Django Unchained, right? When when uh, Christoph Waltz. And Jamie Foxx first meet Leonardo DiCaprio's character at the Mendingo fight, right? He's the guy that's at the fight. He's the other guy. Goes up to the bar, asks Django his name. What's your name? My name's Django. How do you spell that? D. D is silent. And he rolls the cigarette and he smokes that. That's him. So, fun fact. And there's a little bit of parallel. I guess that. Smoking that Cuban when he's, when, when he's locked mm. up. So, I saw that. I was like, oh, that's an interesting parallel. How I wonder if. Wonder if Quentin Tarantino looked back and said, "Oh, let's let's, let's like throw that in there." And so I thought that was interesting. A couple other movie parallels. There was a lot of Indiana Jones in the luggage scene, Temple of Doom, where he, you know, he puts the guy in the roller. Big Temple of Doom vibes, and then of course uh, the fight on the wing was very Raiders of the Lost Ark esque. And so I, I thought that was a little bit interesting coming out in in in, in 1990. Definitely uh, taking some inspiration from Spielberg and and and. Indiana Jones franchise, but my controversial opinion is, David, I, I completely agree. I'll take just one further. I wish that they didn't even have that storyline of his wife being on the plane in the first place. And the reason why is because with his wife being on the plane, you kind of know that she's going to make it. I mean, you, you really don't feel that they're, they're going to kill her off. But if it was a random, if it, if it was, uh, remember in the Dark Knight, and the Joker makes the Joker has the two the two boats, uh, one of the convicts and one of the civilians, and kind of got to choose, right? They're pitted against each other, and at that point, you're thinking one of them's going to blow each other up. I would have loved to see a kind of scene like that where you have all these random planes in the air, you don't know anybody on them, everyone's kind of freaking out a little bit, and because one plane blew up already, then we think, oh my gosh, we we have no connection to any other characters on these planes. So at any moment, these things could go down left and right. And so I would have loved to see, I think I would have upped the stakes a little bit. I would have loved think, to see that. Yeah, even taking that in, and even trying to tie it back to what they did, where you have someone that Bruce Willis knows on a plane. So we, so again, give Bruce Willis a reason to be invested, even though we all know Bruce Willis would have been invested anyway because he's that's his style. But like, give him some kind of connection to care about each of these planes and to really not want them to crash, aside from just the general humanity of it. And then do more of those scenes like when they showed the people on the plane before it crashed. Like do more stuff like that to get us invested in these average random people who could be us. You know, I think that's that was a the best part of this movie when they showed us these people and made you realize like, oh my gosh, these are just average people who are just going about their daily life and got caught up in this terrorist event. That is the that was the one of the best parts of this movie. And then they barely did that at all. <laughs> So, yeah, I just can't believe those grenades took so long to blow up. I mean, I mean, I'm not a grenade expert, but like 
that's like he he almost could have had time to like do some juggling, throw them all out the window. If that's how long each of them took up, he could have just, you know, started tossing them out the window. But anyway, anyway, all right, you guys want to move on to scores? Let's do some scores. Let's start with let's start with Hunter. What did you rate this movie? You got it. Enjoyability got an eight, and I I am really really debating on on making this a nine because in fact this movie was enjoyable. This is as you mentioned a fun time. You turn your brain off. That is that's it. You just have a good time. But honestly, I kind of gave this sixes across the board. I didn't really know what to put besides that <laughs> because nothing in my mind nothing ranked so high that it could be above a six i mean the the special effects weren't going to be a seven but at the time right 1990 and judging that since it came out in 1990 this was filmed in 89 or 88 and post-production this was good for the time it's better than phantom menace so in my mind this this gets a six across the board it is an incredible time just to have fun I gave it a 62 overall, but barring that enjoyability, give it an eight. This is an amazing double feature, Christmas double feature, Die Hard 1. David, you experienced it, and you're our advocate here. Die Hard 1 and then Die Hard 2 back-to-back, amazing three-and-a-half-hour experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Hunter. Ooh, can, I point out one, can I point out one more thing? Yeah, and by the way, what was your overall score? Uh, 62. 62. All right, nice. And yeah, what was the thing you wanted to point out? Yeah, so the the final thing I wanted to point out was... Darn, I I looked it up. I... ah, I Sorry, I I had it up. I wanted to point it out because it was was a pretty big thing. Um, My apologies there. I... I kind of blinked. I, I moved away from it. I'm sorry about that. It's all right. Well, I'll jump in real quick to give my scores. I was a bit more harsh. I gave this movie a seven in enjoyability because, as I said, I think it was a, a lot too long. I think it should have been like 30 minutes shorter. Uh, overall plot, I gave a five. As we noted, there are many plot holes. Character development, five. This was kind of regressive for Bruce Willis. Um, I'm forgetting the character's name. <laughs> Help me. Uh, John, John McClane. McClane. Yeah, yeah. This was kind of aggressive for John McClane's character. Uh, the acting, seven, serviceable, especially some of the double crossing, which was well acted, and the whole like guy in the caravan being like, man, I wish I was with you guys on that trip. And he's like, oh, yeah, you do? Yeah, I wish you were too. And he's like, what do you mean? You really do? Like, I thought that was pretty genuine and believable. And then he did a good job of fake dying. So, you know, I'll give him that. Cinematography, six. Uh, special effects six i was going to give this like a four because of that terrible chair you know escape scene but then the fight on the plane boosted it back up to a six Thought the fight on the plane wing was pretty good uh and then you know soundtrack uh six not enough christmas songs impact i mean dude the christmas songs that were in the first die hard were way cooler they did like some cool remixes and stuff this one just nah impact six um and then profoundness, I was going to give this a four, but I noticed that this had the same score as the B movie, and I had to give it one more point. 
So I gave it another point in profoundness because it made me realize that, you know, life can end at any moment due to some terrorists at an airport. So there we go. Five for profoundness and a six for artistry for other reasons. Just, I guess, I I think I like the way that 90s cars look. I really just like the way that 90s cars look. They almost look like they're falling apart. Like they're just really flimsy. Like they bounce around a lot. The doors just kind of fly open. I think that's just so interesting. Anyway, 59 overall. One, uh, this might change your change your opinion real quick. I remember what I wanted to say. The ice, the icicle scene where he stabs him in the eye with the icicle. That was pretty sweet. We haven't talked Dude, about that. Dude, no, that, that was awesome. so over the top. I couldn't take that. <laughs> I rewinded that. I thought that was so cool. I stopped the movie and I was oh, like, really? I watched that again and I rewinded it. I thought that was awesome. Dude, I was watching it with my girlfriend, and we just, like, we also paused the movie, but we, like, looked at each other and were like, that really? That really just happened? <laughs> we couldn't believe it. Yeah, I love, I, that, mean, I love that we had, like, complete opposite reactions. That's hilarious. <laughs> I, I have to also say that if you want to bring that scene up, that just reminds me of the fact that there were two separate occasions where someone was on top of John McClane with a huge dagger, with all of their weight bearing down on him, and he held them off with one hand and then found a way to get the upper hand. I mean, that is just one time, maybe, but two times within the same night after you've gone through five separate explosions is a bit too much for me to believe. So, yeah, I will say the icicle thing is I agree. Cool, Not only that, but what's the probability that they're both carrying the same knife? They look the same. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm wanting now. Yeah, uh, I mean, they're, they're the same knife. Does everybody, is it that just standard issue on the team? Or, I mean, that thing, it looked the exact same. And if you were carrying that knife from the beginning, I mean, you saw the way the dude ran at him and tackled him over the hood of a car. Why didn't you just, like, tackle him with the knife out to begin with? I mean, I'm sorry, but at this point, I'm going to have to nitpick because you got killed with an icicle. You had a better shot, man. Anyway, 59 overall. I'm not changing my score. Chad, what did you rate this movie? Oh, not good. Um, you know, enjoyability. I gave it a nine. I, I, I had a good time watching this movie. It was, it was a fun time. And I'll tell you right now, if you think John McClane getting out of two separate stabbings is a little bit far fetched, just wait until we watch the next few diehards over the next few years, because man, they go fucking crazy. Um, overall, everything else, not good scores. Uh, a lot of sixes across the board. Um, gave it a four in acting. I did not like most of the side characters in this movie. I thought um, Leslie, not good. Police chief, not good. Just, you know, like, I, I was looking for a little bit better line, de- line delivery from almost any professional actor in this film that wasn't Bruce Willis. Uh, pretty, pretty not great, in my opinion. So the fight choreography is good. I'll give it that, but I, I ended up doing that back to special effects to keep it at like a like a six or seven type of score. So not not my favorite acting. Um, naked Tai Chi scene that just took a point off. I didn't know where to take that off. I, I didn't really have a category that I think that fit in, but I took it from acting because um, I'm I'm just gonna say he acted poorly in that scene. That's why I didn't like it. So you know minus Boom. one there. There you um, have it. Overall, I gave it a sixty. It's not a good movie. I'm, I'm not going to try and sit here and defend it and say that it's good or quality cinema or anything like that. But for what it is, it's a 10 out of 10. Mm. 
but compared to any movie L, L other otherwise like ever made for any other reason it's it's like a six out of ten it is a 60 overall and probably could be could be rated much lower so yeah i would not argue with a lower <laughs> score yeah by the way all this talk we're saying about plot this movie had three writers i mean well it technically had two and it was based on like a short story but even then you had base material to go off of and this is still what you came out with so see i think it probably would have benefited if it had just one writer like this movie's kind of suffering from the you know college joint paper assignment where like you got three people on google docs like all typing at the same time and yeah it, it's about the same level of quality and like cohesiveness as that <laughs> yes exactly so that's that's kind of where i'm I, I i should have even been more critical on the plot but again i don't want to rate this movie lower than the b movie which is my least favorite movie we've watched so far so i may oh, have come to... on i rated the b movie higher than this one. Oh really not by much but like a little bit <laughs> well i mean that's... i didn't hate the b movie i did i also didn't hate this movie either but I don't know. Yeah, they were, they were pretty. They were pretty comparable. You know, I I I feel like I I am coming off very harsh on this movie. I didn't hate it either. I actually I actually kind of enjoyed it while I was watching it. But yeah, towards I think it what really grinded my gears about this movie was the way that it just kept going. Like I, at the end of the movie, I was just like, "Can you please be over? I want to go to sleep." <laughs> and then when it finally ended, I was like, "Thank God it's over," and I just wasn't excited. You know, it it, it didn't leave me amped if you will you were not amped about this movie i was not amped afterwards i was amped before but not afterwards maybe give me another you, you year and i'll be that, amped again you didn't love that cliche ending of the cop that was a drug says hey mclean this your parking ticket merry christmas rips it up i did like i did He's like been that a part. jerk for the whole movie i did like that part Dude, i wish that was I wish that was a was pretty guy, faithful that's a pretty faithful reenactment of that scene. Yeah. <laughs> I I really wish it was the guy who gave him the ticket. Because I feel like that would have been full circle. But I, I still liked it. I did like that part. Um. Anyway. Uh, Beard, did you give your rating? I did not. Then please, um, lighten us with you what you rated this movie. I would be delighted. I gave it a 7 in enjoyability. It was, it was an enjoyable one to watch. Like I said. Um, so I, I was pretty much right up there with David and, and Chad and trying to forget what you said. You gave it like a nine or something, right? In enjoyability. Or that was Chad. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I agree with you guys. Enjoyable movie. After that, it does drop off. We got foreign plots. I, I told you my problems with the plot. So I'm, I'm pretty firm on that. Five in character development. Characters were a problem. Five in acting. Pretty subpar. Um and then kind of okay scores across the board. Otherwise, I gave a four in profoundness. I did not find it very profound. <laughs> it was, because again, it's not trying to be, right? Anyway, 55 overall. Nice. All right. So, Beard came out with a 55. Hunter, Hunter you were at a 60, right? 62. 62. Chad, you, what did you come out with? I came out at a 60. But according to Andrew's score, I could go all the way up to a 65 and still be within my, my appropriate range there. Yeah, yeah, that's right, man. But would you, you though? Would you really go all the way to a sixty-five? I know or, I wouldn't. Conversely, I could go down to fifty. That's that's I probably more more, more accurate. <laughs> yeah, no, I get. I stuck. I'm sticking with my fifty-nine. All right, 
Well, I think that was a fun discussion. I'm definitely glad we watched this movie as another Christmas celebration. Um, but I, I may not watch it again. We'll see. All right. Well, we'd love to hear from our listeners, whether it's behind the scenes questions or movie suggestions. What's your favorite Die Hard movie? Which one do you think has the best explosions? Let us know by leaving a rating on Apple Podcast. Email us at ampedaboutmovies at gmail.com or interact with our polls and questions on Spotify. Additionally, we've recently opened up our podcast for listener support. If you enjoy what you hear and want to make it possible for us to keep watching movies, you can pledge between $1 and $10 a month to make that happen. We hope this episode has gotten you amped about Die Hard 2, and we'll catch you next year when we discuss in Bruges for the second time. We hope you have an excellent rest of your year, and uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and uh, we'll see you next year. Peace.